Welcome to the Impact Investing Podcast from Circa 5000. I'm Matt Latham. And I'm Tommy Gillicuddy. Remember, nothing in this podcast is financial advice, and when investing, your capital is at risk. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone. We're back with another episode of the Impact Investing Podcast. And this week, we are talking about pensions again, Tom. Exciting. Favourite subject, but we're saying... Are UK pensions working, basically? Our pens- is the pension system in the UK working? We're going to take a look at that. But before we come on to that, Tom, I'll come over to you for your <laughs> admin corner. <laughs> Haven't done a jingle yet. No. Nope. I'll work on that for You did week. sing one last week. I did but sing one, don't but do that I can't again. repeat it because I can't remember it. Don't do that again. There's <laughs> <laughs> some feedback that we shouldn't do that again. <laughs> um, so you can uh, send us questions, uh, comments, uh, abuse, to uh, Matt at, no, sorry, uh, <laughs> podcast at circa5000.com. Um, follow, like, share, subscribe. You can get the podcasts on Spotify, Apple, and watch the videos on YouTube. Chart news this week. Yeah. Um, still in Brazil. Yeah. Hong Kong. Yeah. Singapore. Yeah. Breadth of geography there. Absolutely. And as of this morning, booking the trend of countries listening to us for three weeks, getting excited, then fobbing us off. We're back in Chile. Yeah. We're back in Chile, so yeah. huge thank you to the people and of I Chile. Think, I think the people of Chile are dying to know more about the UK pension system. Yeah, I mean, it is a global issue. Yeah, um, An oh, issue of global importance. I think for the last time we'll mention the pension competition as well. Oh yeah, that's still running. I think it's the last, is it the last? Yeah. No? I don't know. Uh, well, terms and conditions, as always, are in the notes. <laughs> don't see us for the finer details. We are running a pension competition. Chance to win £20,800. You need to open a Circa 5000 pension, transfer an old pension into us. So... Uh, terms and conditions apply. Yeah. Have a look at the them. The link is in the notes. Um, so, Tom, pensions, the good people of Brazil, Chile, Hong Kong, Singapore, where we're <laughs> flying high in the charts, are dying to know about the UK pension system. Yep. Um, we are going to have a little bit of a touch on international pension system. We're going to have a little nod towards what people outside of the UK are doing and what countries outside the UK are doing. But mm-hmm. I think um, you know, this this week we, we've seen a couple of articles in the press. Um, two old foes, Tony Blair and William Hague. So Tony Blair, obviously former Prime Minister of the UK. William Hague was the leader of the Conservative Party mm-hmm. who were in opposition when Tony Blair was Prime Minister. He was, he was the leader of the opposition. They've teamed up to write... The New National Purpose Report, which I know you've read in great detail, Tom. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I may or may not have read it. May, may or may not have opened the link. Um, I have now opened the link to discover <laughs> it's exceptionally long. Um, so we'll just focus on the pension bit. But the bit of that that we're looking at is the pension. So, And in that, it's basically saying that it's asking the question and, and criticising, in a way, the UK pension system about how it's not delivering on its core aim, which mm-hmm. is to deliver income in retirement for the people of the UK. Yeah. And also it could be doing more in terms of being a force for economic growth in the UK economy as well. So yeah. we, we, there's a couple of bit of sections um, and, you know, we have to do a review of some terminology probably, but let's start with the first bit, Tom, which is defined benefit. Pension. Yeah. So the defined benefit pension scheme in the UK was the the old and better way of of retiring. Um, it ba- defined benefit basically means you 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 retired with a pension that was that was that was predefined already in terms of the income level that you would get, and it was linked to your salary in one way or another. There used to be final salary pension schemes. I'm, I'm sure there's still some 
attached to the government um, where you retire on what your last salary was, which is fantastic for people who got those. Um, there's some that are like salary averages over the course of the career, yeah. over, a, over a time period of the career. But it basically means that you're you're not in charge of of, of achieving uh, an income level for yourself in retirement. It's already given to you. It's provided by the sponsor, i.e. the company you work for. If you're in a government pension scheme, you're still in defined benefit, um, a form of defined benefit pension scheme. Um, and what these what these schemes have done over the years is, if you think about what a defined benefits a, a pool of assets are, or the or, or the money that's used to provide the beneficiaries, you know, you and 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 the people of the country with a pension, is this big pool of assets is invested in order to give you a secure income um, through your retirement, and over time, those pension schemes have been um, there's been regulation, there's been um, and there's been a transition to investing in what are perceived to be safe assets. And what are perceived to be safe assets are generally UK government bonds where there's very little volatility. They're seen as having a very good credit rating, these instruments, because they're backed by the UK government, and they give a coupon, which is a defined income out. And so basically these pension schemes have transitioned from investing in equities and slightly more riskier stuff and more interesting stuff to basically all being invested in UK government bonds, which gives the beneficiaries a secure um, and predictable um, retirement income. And that was done because there's been this transition to asset liability matching. We kind of touched on this in, in, a, in a previous episode where we talked about um, the central bank stepping in to, to, to bail out the pension schemes yeah. in the UK. They were bailing out defined benefit pension schemes who basically do liability style um, investing. The liability is the income they owe you. Yeah. Fu- now and in the future. And what they do is they look at their assets and try and match what they're, in- they're invested in with the, f- the, the current and future liability, the income yeah. they owe you. And so that's led them to transition from investing in stocks and shares and more interesting stuff um, into investing in these very safe um, government uh, government securities. And it's basically meant that those that there's such a wall of money there. We're talking trillions of pounds in the yeah. UK has kind of been removed from investing in the stock market and other areas of UK society, which we can, which we can go into, and has basically mean that they're effectively dead, effectively, yeah. because they're just these big pool of assets that sat there doing very doing nothing for the UK economy yeah. um, and just ticking the box in terms of asset liability matching. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, I think if you think about it, the, the, we've touched on this before as well, but with a defined benefit contribution scheme, it basically is what it says. The benefit that you receive in retirement is predefined, as in the risk is taken by the employer. So when you take the job, the employer says, when you retire, we will pay you either your final salary or a multiple of your average salary or whatever it is. And we will pay that to you until you die. And then Mm -hmm. usually we'll pay some fraction of that to any Mm. surviving spouse. So if you think about that logically, if you're a company saying, right, well, we're making all these promises to pay out future income to any staff that we take on, mm. and we're signing all these new members up to our pension scheme, surely the objective should be we want to maximize the returns of that pot of money. Yeah. So any money that we're putting aside mm-hmm. to, to, to fund these future liabilities, we should just try and maximize the return of that pot because we need to make sure that we've got more money than we're putting in yep. to make sure that we can afford to pay out all the retirees in future. Instead, as you mentioned, Tom, what's happening is they're trying to be very precise with this. Mm. And they're trying to say, well, we'll fund it just enough and we'll we'll invest in very, very low-risk things mm. so that we don't lose money. 
so that so that we can just match our liabilities as they fall due. Yeah. So we know that you know when our average employee is sixty five, our average retired employee is seventy five. We've promised that we'll pay this much income across that mm-hmm. population, yeah. and their life expectancy is X, and we'll try and match it all very precisely. Yeah. Now, when you try and match things very precisely, usually <laughs> doesn't work out the way that yeah. that you plan. So what you end up with is a shortfall, mm. which is a pension liability, and what happens now is that companies are required to report that within their financial statements. Yeah. So what you've got is almost the accountancy tail wagging a pension yeah, dog, yeah. which is the objective from these companies is to reduce this this liability on the balance sheet. So what yeah. they're doing is they're trying to just match it off with safe investments time to a particular point in time. Yeah. It's really what this, this report says and what we're saying is, these pension schemes should mm. be trying to maximise returns. And in doing so, they won't be just p- placing money into these safe government bonds, which is effectively funding the UK government. Yeah. But they could be putting that money into more interesting areas, not least the UK stock market, which is having a tough time, yeah. or even better, more private assets, which could fund things like infrastructure, yeah. and venture capital, which we'll come on to. Yeah. So that's the background to define benefits. And 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 the statistics are quite damning, aren't they, really? Yeah. So in 2006, defined benefits used to allocate 61% to stock market, mm. to, to equities. And now in 2022, the amount that they allocate to those riskier but higher returning over the long term yeah. assets is now less than 20%, it's yeah. 19%. So also important to remember that these pension schemes have ultra-long term timeframes mm. So they can afford to ride some of the waves of the stock market yep. as long as they invest sensibly. So, yep. you know, that's the, that's the context of what we're discussing. It's an interesting point as well uh, that was mentioned in the article is, and it brings it home how this has impacted the UK stock market is yep. in 2000, well, really, right up until 2013, 14, the UK stock market as a percentage of GDP was the same as the US. Yeah. You know, the two of the most... Uh, uh, capital markets driven company, countries in the world at the time and now the 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 UK stock market as a percentage of GDP is, is the same level if not slightly smaller than in France and has been left way behind yeah. in the US it's, yeah. it's, a, it's another it's another stat that shows the divergence of the UK kind of economy and how we're approaching over time but that's because of heavily driven by UK pension funds diverting where they invest their money um, and then going into these safe haven assets yeah um, so part one we wanted to talk about was this the defined benefits you part one of the problem is basically that you've got the death of the defined benefit pension mm-hmm. scheme so Employees are now very cautious. They're trying to match off these liabilities on their balance sheet. They're trying to play it safe. Mm -hmm. In doing so, there's trillions of pounds worth of assets that are being funneled just into purely government debt or or, or in large part into UK government debt. The second part of that was the transition then away from these defined benefit schemes to to what is more common now in a workplace scheme, which is called defined contribution. And that is what it says on the tin again. The only bit of that scheme which is defined is what you're going to put in. Mm. There's no guarantee on what the pot value will be or what you will get out in terms of income when you retire. Yeah. Now, the big shift in that was supposed to be coupled with a big increase in financial understanding, in in understanding around pension schemes. And the, and the thought process was that if you put the risk on the individual, not the employer – and you make them aware of it, and you educate them, then what you will get is people taking responsibility for their own future and making sure that they prudently invest enough in their pension mm. to give themselves a, 
a retirement. And as we know, Tom, human nature works exactly like that. Yeah. And people always have the ability to think long-term and they always do the right thing and they always make sure that they're contributing enough to their pension. Yeah. But it's not quite worked out like that in this case, has it? No, it's not. And I think that I, this is a huge like, ticking time bomb, I think, in the UK uh, and other countries that, that are similar to this. We've put all the risk onto, uh, into, onto the average person who isn't really aware of what's going on, hasn't received the financial education, isn't financial educated themselves through our education system. And it's put a lot of responsibility on people alongside their kind of, you know, their core job, their day job, you know, having a family, et cetera, general life to try and calculate and think about what they need in retirement. So you've got people at the moment, there was a stat that we brought out a few months ago in a podcast about the, the, the difference in the size of pots that people are expected to retire on in DB versus defined contribution pension schemes. It's something like 10 times bigger in DB. So people, if you ever go and look at how much you're current, currently paying into your pension and look at how much you think you need in retirement, often that's met with, there's a huge gap. Yeah. Um, and so it's it, we've, we've put all the risk onto the average person um, and there's, there's not been coupled with financial education. At the same time, it's a very risk-averse system, the defined yeah. contribution pension system. And there's a fee cap on what the, the, there are, um, that the pensions are allowed to charge for the investments that they make in the yeah. background. And so what it's, what it's producing is defined contribution pension investments, they're called like default funds. Like when you start paying in it, uh, to your, um, your pension scheme at your, at your employer, you just get put into this default fund and it's, it's a portfolio of investments. They tend to be very um, low cost investments, um, passive investments generally into the general stock market globally. Um, and they're just designed again to produce like a very safe, predictable, low cost return, but it's doing nothing again for the UK economy. So the yeah. regulations and the constraints that are put on that defined contribution pension schemes, not only is it not really going to provide the, the retirement that, 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 that people need. It's not doing anything for the UK economy uh, in a slightly different way in the way that DB pension schemes are not doing it. It's just because there's a fee cap and everyone's investing in very vanilla global assets in order to try and produce some kind of um, uh, end pot for people to get a, a retirement from. So it's, it's, it's sim- similarly, the, the DB pension schemes have transitioned away from, from risk assets. DC schemes are investing in risk, risk assets, but very low cost, very cheap risk assets that are doing nothing for the UK economy and are unlikely yeah. to do anything for the actual, yeah. the, the, the employees that are paying into them. Yeah. I mean, and, and the chronic thing is as well, is just that the, the, you know, the minimum, the minimum contributions for you as an individual and you as a, as an, or, and your employer, they're just not going to get you no. there in terms of, in terms of, um, you know, what, what the pot that you're going to end up needing to retire on. So, you know, I think also we've said this again, we said it when we've done the budget episodes, we've said it when we've done other things is pension systems just insanely complicated. I mean, contributing to a pension via your workplace is not difficult and Mm. that gets normally set up for you automatically, but really understanding what's in that pot, whether it's appropriate for the timeframe that you're working on Mm. and your ability to understand how much more you should be putting in to maximise tax relief based on your income, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It's an absolute minefield for the average person. Yeah. It's not easy. There's no sort of there's no sort of easy way of going onto your pensions dashboard and going, well, you know, I'll type in the number and it'll tell me exactly what I should put in to optimise for the future or yeah. how much more I should save each month and what that will mean in my retirement. There's absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a, it's a risk that has been placed on the average employee without them having yeah. full receipt of the knowledge of of what it means for them. And ultimately, we're talking here about 
people being able to afford to live into retirement yeah. where people are living longer, you know, they're, they're living longer, but not necessarily longer, healthier lives. No. So their costs of retirement are not necessarily lower. There's always this presumption that when you retire, your costs go right down. Yeah. Well, not actually true in all cases. So, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's really, really, um, and you've got this other problem where people are exiting the workforce at an earlier age, yeah. especially if they're in a physical job. So this is a, it's like a perfect storm almost yeah, all these is. angles. And, yeah. and uh, you know, there can definitely be improvements to the system. So part one was defined benefit pension scheme declined. And then part two is the increase of this defined contribution scheme. Neither are really working for, no. uh, the. neither are ticking both boxes in terms of working for either the UK economy or the individual pension holders. And then the next part is really that kind of the 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 impacts that actually has on the UK economy and and, and UK markets, you know, today and, and in the future. And maybe a little bit of context here um, before we go into this this next section is one of the things that we've encountered actually when we've been when we've been um, running our business, Circa Five Thousand. We obviously are a venture backed business. We go out and raise capital yeah. um, to scale our business and get to profitability. Is that what you have in the UK economy? Um, is that overseas pension funds, Canadian, Australian, different countries, they invest 16 times more uh, venture capital and private equity in the, into the UK economy than UK pension funds do. And so you have these pension schemes that in different countries that have been restructured in a way that allows them to take more risk, do more interesting things, invest in... Um, invest a segment of their assets in uh, in riskier businesses that have the potential to earn outsized returns. Yeah. They're not as risk averse. Uh, they're not as constrained. And and what it means is, you know, the, the, the people that benefit from those investments are, you know, teachers in Canada or, you know, people working in, in Singapore, Singaporean um, pension funds invest a lot in the UK as well, not domestic um, UK, uh, UK re, re, uh, pensioners. Um, and, we mentioned before the value of the UK stock market decreased um, by, you know, uh, as a percentage of GDP. But this is this is a, a, another data point in that life cycle of why that ends up um, diminishing as a, as a as a as an attractive stock market for UK businesses to list on. Yeah, there's no path for a UK business to raise UK. Um, to raise UK expansionary capital. Yeah. All the expansionary capital for startup businesses within this country and elsewhere come from international pension funds or international venture funds. Um, and there's a guy in one of the, in the article, uh, uh, I think it's Robin or Saul Klein, the, the two guys that founded a UK v, uh, venture capital firm called Local Globe. And they've basically been talking about this problem at length. Even if you were to restructure the UK pension fund market, not only would you be able to increase more innovation within the UK because innovative companies would have more routes to get capital to expand. Yeah. You'd increase the amount of potential returns for pension funds and yeah. you'd increase the amount of UK businesses that see the UK stock market as a proper destination to go and list. What you have at the moment is UK businesses that do manage to break out and get capital, they don't look to list their business and IPO on the stock exchange. They look to the US or somebody yeah. somewhere else because the capital markets in this country are not what they once were. And the most viable route to raise funding and scale the business is internationally or from international investors. Yeah. And it's been a massive decline over the past 10, 15 years as, as other things have declined over the past 10, 15 years. But it's been this long ticking thing that's come out of the defined benefit pension schemes de-risking and de-risking and de-risking, there's less avenues to get capital for UK-based businesses to innovate and expand. Yeah, yeah. And it's and and it's it's almost, you know, it's one of these things where it's it's a it's a double hit. You know, mm. we talked we've talked before about 
impact investing in the UK economy? Can yeah. you do? Can you fund certain areas where you get a double hit? Yeah. You know, if you could, if you could find a way to get pension schemes to allocate more capital, not only to listed equities in the UK, as in the yeah. FTSE 100 and, and and the general UK stock market, um, where again that would feed that. IPO market, it would mm. make it a more, you know, if you have more participants in a market, there's more liquidity, there's more capital, yeah. and therefore makes it a more attractive place to to list. But also you keep any success and any wealth generated by success in the UK, yep. either via the, the participants or in, in terms of these venture funds that exit, if, they, if those yep. venture funds have been funded by UK pension schemes, then if you get a blockbuster you know, unicorn, multi-billion pound company yeah. funded by the UK, then that wealth returns to the pension holders. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and other countries have cracked this. Yeah. Canada is a great example of where, Canada, yeah. where they seem to have cracked this market this where, you know, if you're a startup business in the UK, you can get, you know, you can get early stage funding relatively easy. You then look the next level and you're looking overseas. And once you've got overseas investors in, you're going to be dragged towards, if you take a US investor in, yeah. you're going to get dragged towards the US yeah, yeah. capital markets because yeah. those U, those US investors that back you next, they probably have another US fund that backs you at yeah. the next level and then you'll probably IPO in the US. Yeah, so, yeah. And then all of the wealth of a UK success story, which the government will fly the flag for, yeah. will actually be be sent to the investors who yeah. will be in a different jurisdiction. You, we, we talked about this just before we came on, but the UK doesn't, some countries like Norway, for example, they have a sovereign wealth fund. Yeah. They, they invest all around the world for the benefit of the, the Norwegian people and the, Nor- and the Norwegian economy. You could look at kind of the two trillion or what, you know, whatever we've got in, in pensions and look at it kind of like a sovereign wealth fund and say 10% of that you could invest in innovative UK companies. Yeah. It's a new 200 billion pounds yeah. of assets which would be a huge, effectively, venture fund. It could be segmented in, into, into smaller... Or infrastructure there. fund or, 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 or infrastructure something else, you know. That, that could be used to actually benefit the UK economy because we, we all know we need it right now and we, will, we need it in the future. Infrastructure, you know, all the areas of technology they talk about investing in. The government, when they, whenever they come forward, they come out with measures that they're taking, but the amounts of money they put behind them are tiny. Yeah, tiny. They're never yeah. going to move the needle. If you were genuine about, you know, we talked about levelling up on, the, on one of the previous pods, you could use some of that money to actually properly invest in the long yeah. term at that kind of strategy. So $2 trillion is a huge amount that's just going to waste at the moment, and it can be restructured to, to benefit the UK and, and, and UK people. And there's an argument about whether you should take all of these pension schemes, the DB pension schemes that are fragmented all over the place and just take them off companies in terms Mm. of, should you just allow companies to take them off their balance sheet? Yeah. You know, come to some arrangement about how the future liabilities are funded from those companies, but, but just take them to a more centralized point. And then you could get more of these like super funds like you have overseas where you've, you've amalgamated all the assets and you've got a proper professional uh, committee with a huge sum of money that can take, bets and allocate not all of it we're not talking about all of it but you know and no pension scheme allocates all of their money to say no. venture or infrastructure or that's it but the point is is take it up from what it is now which is virtually zero yeah and take the equity allocation up and yeah. start taking some proper long-term views and start taking some proper risk yeah one last point we wanted to make tom was about you know, if if you sat there as an individual now we talk a lot about you know taking control of your own pension and managing mm. your own pension pot you know, what, what should you be doing? Should you be trying to invest it all in UK venture? No, it's not what we're saying. What, we're, what, what you can do as an individual is, A, understand what pensions you have, understand what's in them, understand what contributions you're making, yeah. do some calculations as to where you think they will get to based on their various different return mm-hmm. scenarios in, in 
10, 20, 30 years, whatever your time frame is. Yep. Um, you should take an interest in where your pension's invested. What you shouldn't be trying to do is 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 this is a this is an institutional grade yeah. problem, and this is something for the defined benefit pension schemes to look at. This is something for the UK government to look yeah. at. What you shouldn't be trying to do is you go, oh well, Matt and Tom said everyone should be allocating to UK venture funds in their <laughs> pension. No, that's not what we're saying. So, no. yeah, um, it's it's important to distinguish what you should be doing on an individual level to meet your own personal objectives yeah. versus what how the system could be changed yeah. to allow more innovation and, and more uh, growth to the UK economy. Yeah. This is something that will that will hopefully be done at government and institutional level that you can enjoy the benefits of without having to actively do anything um, yourself. And so, yeah, don't go and rush and try and change what you're doing necessarily. <laughs> Good place to stop. Yep. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you. Impact Investing from Circa 5000. Thank you for listening to Impact Investing, a podcast brought to you by Circa 5000. Remember, when investing, your capital is at risk, and this podcast is not financial advice. If you like what you hear, then please remember to like, subscribe, and share the podcast.